Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. You know, in the United States, according to the uh, Franchise Tax Board and the uh, IRS and the uh, and the uh, United States Census Bureau, out of a out of a general population of just over 300 million people, there are roughly 250,000 who identify themselves as fine artists. Now. That might not seem like a lot, but if you consider that only about, say, I don't know, uh, say maybe, uh, I don't know, 12 of these people, 12, are completely unburdened by the indignity of having to hold a day job, the number is rather, is rather staggering and a, and a testament to, well, uh, to, uh, to, well, magical thinking. Now, 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 one has to reasonably consider that many of these quarter million creative types, probably even most of them, never really exceed the base level of, say, uh, I don't know, the, the, the creators of black velvet needlepoints of dewy-eyed dogs playing blackjack, or, or even those ersatz expressionist decorative interior design hotel room tastefully tinted acrylic paint splatterers. But, but one also must recognize that among these, these artists, there, there's also a fairly high level of artistic achievement. Yes, a, a fairly high level of respectable, solid, journeywoman, decent quality art that for a variety of reasons still falls well below the status of, uh, well, how shall I put this, uh, the status of, of genius. And even among those 12 that I mentioned before, those lucky 12, the, the 12, the, uh, the, 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 the 12 that don't have to hold on to a, g uh, a day job, even among those 12, actual greatness. Okay, okay, not greatness. I, I suppose I shouldn't use any of those old-fashioned 20th century subjective metrics that bias toward the mythic romanticism of the white male European cultural canon. Okay, okay, not greatness, no greatness, no, no greatness. Let's, let's just call it, I don't know, sublime originality. Even among those 12, you may find that unique transcendental quality in maybe, maybe, I don't know, two or, 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 or three or, or, or two of them. Now, if in keeping with the times, you lean toward what they call now inclusivity, then we might not find this repudiation of elitism entirely disagreeable. I mean, after all, it's, it's hard, a mere 20 years after the end of history after the the invention of the iPhone, a, 
After after every two-bit wedding photographer can now avail themselves of a drone after after the after the rapper Kendrick Lamar wins a, a Pulitzer, a, after the President of the United States completely and single-handedly redefines the limits of performance art, and after, after yet another redundant renovation of New York's Museum of Modern Art, after, after the discovery and the exhaustive close reading of Roberto Valaco's complex hermetic yet oddly ecumenical manuscript, and after 19 years of war in Afghanistan, and after Curado Malaspina's taboo-defying, taboo-destroying reimagining of the Kama Sutra, it's just too difficult to expect works of art to actually move us anymore beyond the fugitive state of, of, of momentary distraction. So, we have a quarter million artists laboring in their studios, filling our galleries, our art fairs, our museums with, with stuff, with stuff, stuff. Because in the end, it's it, it's it's just only stuff. It's it's it, it's it's stuff, stuff like 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 those misleadingly labeled boxes you keep in cold storage. Those those boxes whose whose contents you have long forgotten. Our cultural landscape is now like your mom's suburban garage, full of stuff. And, 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 and thank God for, for Instagram, because now we can store all this crap digitally. And, and, if we, and if we lose all this stuff in the coming catastrophic deluge, at least we'll have our little thumb drives to preserve it all. So, so, so now, so now we find ourselves in another golden age. Think of it as a golden age, another golden age. And with the democratization of higher education, the ubiquity of online tutorials, with, with the easy access now of, of all these opportunities to exhibit by, by the proliferation of artist-run, not-for-profit alternative galleries, we are now living in a golden age of artistic mediocrity. With all this inclusivity, the obstacles to becoming a practicing artist have all but been eliminated. And like amateur sports look hard enough and you'll be able to find a league commensurate with your abilities. Now, like everything else, there are degrees and nuances among the unexceptional and our critic class is designated to identify these distinctions and so consistent with my responsibility as the preeminent art podcast, I would like to talk about one of the most no notable exemplars of this kind of exalted ordinariness. I'm speaking here of the Los Angeles artist, David Schaffman. Schaffman is what I would classify a practitioner of a particular form of what I might charitably characterize as high mediocrity, an elevated form of pedestrian competence. His work, mostly paintings, are quaint, 
paintings. His paintings. His paintings are exquisitely executed, lushly organized, sensually irresistible, and ultimately and tragically completely inconsequential. Sure, sure, he, he's, a, he's a pro. He, he's what my dad would have called the real deal. But, but so what? I mean, they're just paintings. Paintings. And in the end of the day, they end up domesticated, neutered, neutralized like zoo animals, caged and, and tamed by barbiturates, hung at the average eye level, tastefully above a beige settee painting with all its history and all its urgent aspirations, all the effort and commitment behind it, all the sacrifices endemic to its production, all the attendant sincerity and intellectual probity, and in the end, if these efforts are at all successful, these paintings, these jewels of human ingenuity can only hope to be demoted into luxury commodities hung like moose heads on the walls of wealthy people. And so, this tragic comic figure, this Los Angeles legend, David Schaffman, has reached the peak of this high mediocrity. Collected, cataloged, exhibited, debated, anthologized, and resold like a rebuilt carburetor in auction houses from Dallas to Dubai, David Schaffman, painter, pathetically gifted, consummately adept, flawless in his technique, preternaturally inventive, yet stuck, mired in the paralysis of elevated irrelevance. And so, those of you who are artists and who listen to my podcast, in order to keep up on the contemporary scene, be advised that the middling seductions of one as accomplished as David Schaffman never managed to exceed the crud of good intentions. This predictable waltz through the maze of the art market can serve for you a cautionary tale. But to those of you in the collector class, you, you who purchase art as a form of penance, amassing the familiar trophies, attesting to your easy, unearned sophistication, there's good news. Because if you own any of these Schaffmans, I have to congratulate you on your immaculate taste. Schaffman will, will, will never offend. And like a good, solid table wine, his work will reliably offer the monotonous comforts and consolations of graceful and lovely predictability. And uh, they also, by the way, turn out to be a pretty sound investment. I, I happen to own three of his watercolors, and the last time I checked, they're worth about 30 times what I paid for them in 2011. But that's, that's an entirely different subject. And for that, I will recommend this terrific podcast called The Business of Buying Art by my lovely and, and gifted colleague, Renee Mengisto Royale. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's really a, a, it's a great podcast, and it, and it can really give you some great tips if, if you want to start to strategically 
purchase art and ultimately in long term maybe even even enrich yourself make a little nest egg and if you're really clever and lucky you may be able to buy a, a small island but in the short term remember that buying art has been proven to be able to contribute and, and, and maybe even elevate the quality of the lives of contemporary artists.